In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 198th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan has uh, decided to raise $2 million to help the black community in Atlanta. We're just going to hand over this episode to him. He talked to the Atlanta media today and why he has accepted this call of call to action in the wake of the George Floyd murder in Minneapolis. Also, the Ahmaud Arbery case in Brunswick, Georgia. We mix in a little football and social action here, but we, we hear from the quarterback on these important issues of the day, and we're just going to hand the podcast over to him today. He spoke for about 40 minutes. We're going to give you most of that today and wrap up this uh, special edition of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Weeks Here's the quarterback. Uh, where you feel things are with uh, going over a million today? Yeah, I'm obviously really excited um, about the response uh, that has come in, you know, the, the last, you know, I guess, four or five days. Uh, I'm overwhelmed by everybody's generosity and uh, commitment to, you know, wanting to make change. Um, you know, we still got a little ways to go, but we've done an extraordinary job uh, to, to start this off. My hope is, um, you know, to, to, to make a real impact uh, on the city of Atlanta and this community uh, and to try and, you know, make a start at, at improving uh, the current climate and the current situation. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot that needs to be done, uh, but I'm hoping that this can, you know, be a good start for us. So we're getting close to that $2 million uh, point, and, and um, you know, I, I just can't thank uh, everybody that's committed uh, money and time and, and um, you know, and, and just reached out. Uh, it, it means a lot, you know, to me, and uh, I'm committed to, to trying to do the best job that I can uh, with this and, and make the biggest impact that we can make. And football-wise, um, what are your thoughts on the retooling of the offense, the additions of Gurley and Hurst, and uh, what have your workouts uh, been like with those two players? I'm, I'm excited about both of them. I, I really am. I think uh, I've, I've had the opportunity to work with both of them. Uh, probably been able to work with Hayden a little bit more than I've been able to work with Todd. Um I've been incredibly impressed with, with Hayden's work ethic. Uh, he's got great speed, you know, great athleticism, um, wants to, wants to be a great player. You know, the, the effort, the attitude, all of that stuff is there. The athleticism is there. He fits in well with, uh, the group of guys that we have. Um, he's gotten to know some of the teammates in, in the time that we've spent together, which I think has been a good thing. And then, uh, getting to work with Todd, uh, I spent some time with him out in California and was, was able to spend a couple of weeks uh, getting to know him a little better uh, and getting a feel for, for him as an athlete. 
Uh, he's extremely versatile out of the backfield. He looked great. I mean, he, he looked, you know, healthy and, and ready to go. I was impressed with that. Uh, the thing that struck me the most, though, was was how smart of a player he is uh, and, and his ability to retain information uh, and, and, you know, to, to not have to circle back on, on things the next day. I mean, if I told him once uh, how we were trying to work something or a route concept or, or what we were expecting him, I mean, he, he, he doesn't forget it. I mean, he was back the next day on top of it, doing it the right way. So uh, I've been impressed with both those guys. I think they'll fit in really well. Uh, and, you know, excited about when we really have the opportunity to get together in training camp uh, of getting productive time spent on the field together. Thanks, Matt. You're welcome, D-Lab. Good to see you, man. Likewise. Vaughn McClure. Matt, what's up, man? Hey, Vaughn. How you doing? Uh, first question I want to ask you is, um, you know, we talked last week about, you know, kind of having an open discussion about everything with race and, and those different things. And you said, hey, you know what, I don't maybe always know the right things to say. As a team leader, when that discussion comes up and maybe some guys, you know, maybe don't know the right things to say. I know one of your teammates had to already apologize for a tweet. What do you do as a leader to make sure that those things don't spiral out of control? Whether that was Caleb McGarry had a tweet know, and then had to take it back. On the same page. Here's Matt Ryan addressing that leadership question. Well, I think the biggest thing is, is encouraging everybody to, to talk and, and uh, to have discussions about their feelings and differences and to listen. Uh, and, you know, that's the biggest thing. I, I think that, um, you know, it's it's it's. It's like anything in life. I mean, when issues come up, uh, it's, it's better to get them out in the open and, and discuss and, and to go through uh, why certain people are feeling certain ways. So, uh, you know, that to me as a leader, uh, it, it would be the thing that I would encourage uh, is, is to uh, get people together, open the forum for discussion and encourage people uh, to listen uh, and, and to be empathetic and to try and learn uh, from from others' experiences. Okay. And my second question for you is this. Um, of course, with, with everything that's going on, the name that keeps coming up here is Colin Kaepernick, you know, because he did uh, fight for a cause here. Uh, a player yesterday came out and said, hey, things are not going to be right until he's back in the league. Do you believe that Colin Kaepernick should be back on an NFL roster? And do you think that the NFL or the league, you know, made a mistake in the way they treated him after he did come out and, and speak his mind about social justice? Well, I think in part of the, the comment uh, that was made by the league the other day, I think they referenced that that they, you know, have made mistakes in, in terms of, of treating this um of how they've handled uh, peaceful protest uh, and players voicing their opinions. I, I think they've recognized that they've made mis uh, mistakes there. Uh, and as far as, you know, Colin being back in the league, I think he should have every opportunity to. Um, you know, he he uh, created awareness for, for a situation uh, that, you know, people, it's taken some time, but people are, are, are becoming, you know, more active uh, in terms of their response to it. And so uh, I, I think from that standpoint is, is you know, protest is, is being heard at this point. It might have taken too long. And, um, you know, but I, I think you should have every opportunity to have a job and, and to have a spot in this league. Thanks, Matt. You're welcome, Bob. Jeff Schultz. 
Hey man, how are you? I'm doing well, Jeff. How you doing? Good. Um, following first along the um, social media aspect, I know Dan. Dan the other day said that uh, anything he had done in the past um, now suddenly sort of felt hollow a little bit. Like, I mean, to some degree, he sort of felt like maybe he should have been doing more or he could have done more. I'm just wondering yourself uh, in terms of self-examination. I know you you're raising all this money and, and started the GoFundMe page, which is great. Um, but have you have you all felt the need to sort of look at yourself in terms of, um, boy, maybe I, I could have done more, should have done more? Have you, um, do you feel the need at all to talk to teammates, past teammates, present teammates, whatever, in terms of sort of trying to push the dialogue forward at all? We're all sort of in this time of self-reflection now, I think. I absolutely feel that way. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, uh, part of, 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 you know, re responding now is, is acknowledging that, you know, what I've done up until this point hasn't been good enough. And, um, and, you know, I can't really change, uh, you know, what I've done up until this point. And I do, you know, feel like I wish I, I would have done more. Um, but I can change and, and I can be better moving forward. And I think, uh, you know, that that's more of, of where my mindset has gone to is, is um, you know, to, to not just sit on the sidelines and, and silently, you know, have people's backs. I think it's the time has come where silence isn't good enough. And, and um, you know, that's that's what I'm hoping to, to, to do moving forward, hoping to make an impact moving forward. Uh, but I certainly feel like up until this point, I haven't done a good enough job. And and from a football standpoint, uh, I know you've been going out to California and, and uh, working with uh, Todd and also working with um, with the lack of OTAs and mini camps and whatever. Have you felt um, that you are at all behind where you or the offense would normally be? I feel like we're in June and we're not even in what what would normally be training camp yet, but have you felt at all that the need that sort of have to catch up and where are you right now in terms of where you would normally be? Well, I, I feel really good. Um, you, you know, I think um, I, I've, I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of our guys, um, you know, specifically individually uh, early on. Uh, you know, in, in terms of, of practicing social distancing and making sure that, that groups, et cetera, were not, you know, too big and, and we we're doing things the right way. Um, so I, I feel like there's an advantage sometimes to uh, the intimacy of, of just working with one guy at a time. Uh, and for us to be able to spend, you know, an hour and a half or two hours together, uh, and, and take our time and go through things in, in a methodical and, and uh, deliberate, you know, way. So I think in, in certain ways, I, I think maybe we're ahead um, of where we would be because sometimes uh, when you're in the normal structure of, of an offseason or a day, there are time constraints uh, and, and you're hustling to make sure you're getting as much work as you can with, with different parts of, of, of the team. So I think you know, there are positives uh, to, to having having it gone this way. I think a lot of our guys look like they're in really good shape uh, and running, you know, and, and, and catching and, and doing the things that we need to do, getting out of cuts, all those kind of things. I think they're doing those really well. I think the one area we're behind 
uh, is probably in terms of uh, on the field work in terms of our units together. And, um, you know, that part is going to be the same for everybody, you know, and so we might be behind where we're at uh, in terms of, of maybe, you know, where we were last year, but we're certainly not behind any of our competition. Everybody's going through this the same way. Uh, and I think our, our organization has gone through this in a really productive manner. Thank you. Charles Odom. Hi, Matt. Thanks for doing this. Um, of course. Following up again on, on uh, social protest, uh, do you expect this to um, carry to the sideline? There'll be a lot of attention. We've seen Adrian Peterson has, has come out and said that, that he expects to be kneeling um, before the game, do you has there been any discussion? Do you think that's something that you would plan to do? Uh, we haven't. That discussion part of it hasn't come up uh, in terms of my my talks with players uh, at this point. I expect to see that you know for sure uh, in, in different ways throughout the season. Um, but most of our discussions really at this point have been about you know what is going on right now and and talking about. Uh, the images, the protests, uh, the police brutality, th those those really have, have been where the discussions that I've had with teammates and, and the listening uh, in team meetings, that's, that's really where our concentration and, and effort has been. And I think the other thing is, you know, as we get closer to the season and, and that, you know, opportunity is going to come up, I think it's about unity within our team and, you know, ha having that discussion and creating an open forum for, for teammates to you know, to, to, to talk about uh, what, you, you know, what that means to them and, and, uh, and how they're going to act appropriately. So, you know, for me to, to, you know, to make a decision on any of those things right now without having, you know, spent time discussing that with my teammates, I think is, you know, it, it's just too early. Just to follow up on that, uh, I guess it was uh, 2017 when uh, Coach Quinn, um, following a meeting with team leadership said he wanted it to be a team thing one way or the other is that what you mean by team unity would you want it to be something that all the players did together if it was done well i think i think that remains to be seen in the discussions too uh you know of of what's important to to the group um you know i i don't know where that discussion is going to lead we haven't had that yet um so you know, to answer that before we've had that, I just, I, I, I don't know. Thanks. Will McFadden. Oh. Hey, sorry, Matt. I guess I was still muted. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Will. How are you doing? <laughs> um, to kind of follow up on, on Jeff's question a little bit about, you know, how the quarantine has affected the offseason you know, having so many veterans in place, you obviously being kind of chief among them with the offense, do you think that will benefit, you know, this team as it pertains to maybe some of the other teams who have more turnover on the roster or coaching turnover? I mean, there's really not a lot of turnover in the coaching staff, in the locker room. How do you think that'll impact the season and could that give you guys some advantage? I, I think it does. You know, I think there's there's not uh, a number of guys who have to learn a new system. There's definitely a sense of familiarity with the coaching staff. You know, there's there's familiarity with the playbook. 
player to player. There's familiarity with how we communicate. Uh, so I think all of those things are a positive for us uh, in terms of, of heading into the season. And uh, I also think that, you know, the way that, that we have done meetings uh, virtually and, and the time that we've spent as players together on the field, we're in a really good spot right now. I feel, you know, really good about uh, the work that we put in and, and being prepared and ready to go uh, whenever, whenever they tell us we can. And then, you know, more of a, a kind of note with you, it's really, really interesting looking back throughout your whole career, your second season working with an offense coordinator, you know, you kind of always take a noticeable jump up. And I mean, that makes sense. Anybody gets more comfortable the more they work with somebody. And All right, I'm a fast forward. This one is a question about from the team's website asking about and so uh, working with Dirk Cutter in the you know, second year. Very and try to get I some more media men. Together before, I think in in in, in things how Move for sure. Head a little bit. What do you, what do you think? Like bit. To uh, who I want to get it to, I want to try to get to Jason's question. First extra time with you. Okay. And really more stuff from the team asking their own team questions. I'm trying to get you all past that. But uh, yeah, some other people are coming up here and discussing as we get a little spin cycle going here. Uh, Mark Bradley wanted to ask about the stadiums. Uh, Justin Fielder is asking about where the where the money is going, uh, you know, Ryan doesn't know yet, but he's going to say one of the things he likes to do is surround himself with people that are smarter than him, and uh, they'll help him decide where the money goes and so forth in the community uh, that he wants to help. But he knows that he wants it to go, uh, you know, just keeps hearing the same stories from teammates uh, over and over about uh, racial profiling and pullovers and police brutality and so forth. You could tell that that's uh, moved him a great deal during this time that the country's uh, struggling through. So um, I'm just, uh, you know, that was one of the some of the things that he continued to talk about. Uh, Matt said uh, specifically, uh, you know, what moved him, and he he went right to the George Floyd video. He said the George Floyd video that was incredibly tough to watch that eight minutes and 46 seconds uh, with the uh, police officer's knee in his neck uh, also talked about Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms coming into the team to, um, team Zoom meeting to talk with the team and so forth uh, so he's pretty sure that he'll call the mayor to help out with uh, you know what they're going to do with the funding and so forth um, then I uh, talked to some more about Todd Gurley and uh, Hayden Hurst. Uh, gave us a little rundown on the NFC South with Tom Brady and, and uh, Drew Brees and so forth. He said it's going to be a tough division, but uh, he said his belief is that, hey, the Falcons are right there with all those teams. So there's nothing, uh, you know, for them to be uh, back, back down about. He feels that... Uh, you know, if they can play their game, they're, they're going to be tough to deal with also. So, you know, with that, we're going to go ahead, you know, a couple key points to wrap up here from his talk. We'll just end that there. We, as the, he, you know, said Kaepernick should be in the league. We didn't get to Keisha um, Bottoms or about the money. But, you know, the big thing here is he said his silence isn't good enough anymore. It's time to speak up. It's time to do more. And he certainly plans on doing that. 
So we're going to wrap up here with the 198th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast from Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan on his social action activities and some updates on the team and where they're at in this offseason program. Take care and have a great rest of the week. AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.